Welcome back to PI Perspectives. For today's episode, Matt sits down with his longtime friend, Danny Guire. Danny, a retired NYPD officer, runs Prestige Security and Consulting in Long Island, New York. Danny is an expert in executive protection and has extensive experience working on movie sets and television studios. This is a fun episode, by the way. And this episode is brought to you by Satellite Investigations, New York's leading investigation company since 2005, and by ScopeNow.com. Visit their website and try ScopeNow version 3.0. Let's check in with our boys and learn about executive protection. Here's your host, private investigator Matt Spare. And welcome, everybody, to the next episode of PI Perspectives. I'm your host, Matt, and I am here today with Danny Guire from Prestige Security and Consulting. Welcome, Danny. Hey, Matt. Nice to be with you. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Danny and I go way back. I think we go back to like 2005, right? Yeah, quite a while ago. Absolutely. 2005, 2006. Yep. We're coming up on our anniversary. I expect something nice for 15 years. (laughs) It'll be in the mail. There you go. Nice. That was about the time I started my business. I was a, a new jack just getting into things. And we were introduced by another investigator who's kind of like my mentor, uh, the guy who showed me the ropes. And he said, you got to talk to Danny. You know, I reached out to you at the time you were, um, I think, just finishing up with NYPD. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your background? Yeah. So I did a uh, 20 year career with the NYPD. I started very young at about age 20 and I retired at age 40 uh, after I retired I'm actually, while I was still working, is is relevant to how we met. So I was working in the accident investigation office, and you were starting to get pretty busy with FOIL requests for uh, paperwork and photos as it related to your case. And you were a pretty diligent guy. You were the kind of guy that would just, rather than put it in the mail, you would hand deliver it to make sure it got into the right hands. Always the way to do it. Yep, definitely. And we processed it. And... uh, we forged our relationship since then, and when I retired, uh, we networked together. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember when that happened. Uh, I remember having the discussions of when you actually started your business and yes. kind of helping one another. Uh, you had been so instrumental to me when I started, and just the, the kindness of accepting those personal hand deliveries, file the foils, and not telling me to beat it, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I saw the eagerness in your eyes, and you were you were a go getter, and uh, it's always good to help somebody like that. And uh, I was I was happy to do it. I was very young and dumb, but uh, it was great. Yeah, look at you now. <laughs> now I'm just dumb. <laughs> yeah. While uh, actually the, the reason we're, we're talking today, other than us just being, you know, longtime buddies is um, you do executive protection, how you fell into that gig or how you started doing that, I think is, is an interesting story. So why don't you, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about how, um, how you got your first detail or gig? Yeah. So it is kind of cool how it happened. I was, I was assigned to highway patrol, as I stated, and uh, I was in a uh, dignitary protection unit where they trained you to, to deal with dignitaries such as the Pope, the president, anybody of high profile coming into the city. And uh, we're responsible for the movement, safe passage of these escorts and motorcades. I was assigned to a motorcycle and we would get these assignments to escort these VIPs. So one day there's a, an assignment that nobody really wanted to do. It was uh, Justin Timberlake band, everything was in sync back in the day. They were looking for two guys to go pick them up to bring them to Shea Stadium. They were going to be singing uh, the national anthem. I jumped on it, and uh, it was me and another guy, Mike. And there's a lead in the tail. There's a lead motorcycle. I was a tail motorcycle, and uh, Timberlake's four SUVs in between us. So we had to bring him into Chase Stadium at the time. And while I'm riding, uh, I hear in my earpiece, 
from the lead guy that there's a gray Cadillac just off to the rear of me trying to get into the motorcade, obviously trying to get to Shea Stadium because we were bringing up the traffic. Right. So I, I, I look over at the window. It's tinted. I tell him to roll down the window, and I look at it, and I recognize the guy in the car. And uh, he goes, I'm coming out. I'm throwing the first pitch of the game. I have to be there. Please let me in. Let me in. So I let him in, and I bring him there. He's very, very grateful. It winds up being Kevin James, who had just started his television show that, that year, I believe. Right. That would be the King, and, uh, king of Queens, correct? Yes, that was the King of Queens, which had a great run, a nine-year run. Wow. Um, and uh, he was very grateful. We exchanged phone numbers. He's like, if you're ever in L.A., give me a call. You can come see the show. And ironically, I have family there. One day, I, uh, I'm out there. I give him a call, and the guy was fantastic. I went to go see his show. We had dinner afterwards and just forged a friendship from that point forward. Now, I had still had at least 10 years to go before I retired. And we maintained a friendship, and he was like, you know, when you retire, I want you to be my guy. You know, I want you to be my guy on the road. Eventually, I'm going to start doing movies, and uh, I want you to be by my side for all of this stuff. So, uh, sure enough, <laughs> 10 years later, whatever it was, I found myself on a movie set, the first movie set with him, and uh, the rest is history. And wow, that's cool. Incredible. What, do you remember what movie that was? It was Chuck and Larry, yes. Chuck and Larry. Nice Adam Sandler movie with uh, uh, Kevin James. That's awesome. Really, really cool. Yeah, it was, it was really, uh, it was like it was like meant to be. Right. really was. Right. And like you, you have traveled all over the country uh, doing uh, different uh, comedy tours. And I, I remember one time you guys actually did like a motorcycle tour, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we travel all over the world uh, doing international press tours after a project. But yeah, we did do a motorcycle thing where, uh, what was the name of that movie that came out with the 50-year-old guys riding with the Roadhogs? Or... Oh, ro- yeah, Roadhogs, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, that movie came out. It was Tim Allen was in that too, I think, right? Yes, yeah. yes, Tim Allen was in it. And uh, so Kevin had this idea of uh, a bunch of guys riding on motorcycles from Los Angeles to Boston, where our next project was going to be, and have a videotape and all that stuff. And, and we did it, man. We rode uh, from L.A. to Boston, and uh, we had a lot of good life experience in between. A lot of bonding, I can right. tell you. A lot of right. bonding. Right. So what is, like, logistically, getting back into the business side of it, I mean, how do you set something up as far as details go to make sure that everybody's safe and, um, you know, keeping your eye on what's going on? Well, there's, that's the two-pronged approach. There's, there's the personal part of it, and there's the, there's the business end of it as far as um, production and uh, production sets and stuff like that. On the personal side of it, um, that's always evolving because there's always family involved, there's children involved, and that could, and you're dealing with, you know, personalities of staff, whether they're, you know, chefs or uh, caretakers or, you know, uh, school teachers because there's, there's in school teaching, you know, when the kids are on the road with their dad, and there's a lot of, believe it or not, coordinating of that and making sure that everybody's safe and secure and they have what they need and uh, the logistics that go with that. But uh, as far as dealing with the talent, I tell you, it, it, that varies because when you're on the road with these guys, they expect to have all the comforts of home with them on the road. And that can entail a lot of work. Yeah, I'm sure, right? Got late nights going yeah. out for brown M&Ms, right? Or, or Skittles. <laughs> I, I need my yeah, Skittles but, at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, this pizza isn't cutting it. Let's go get another place. I have spoken, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you and you forge a really good relationship with their right. assistants because those guys they work really hard. And, right, right. Uh, 
yeah, you know, and trying to make their life easier. And you know, he's he's throwing you a bone or two, right? You've been in uh, a couple of movies here and there. Yeah, he has for uh, for the fun of it. Actually, four of them. Nice. Uh, I guess it was Mall Cop One, Zookeeper, Here Comes the Boom, and Mall Cop Two, uh, which I did have a couple lines in. Actually, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I just don't know. Like, you, I, I think you had to rock the mustache too in one of those. I remember that. You know what? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't grow a beard. I'm 52 years old. I still can't grow a beard or a mustache. And the hair and makeup people were telling me to grow a mustache. And they basically laughed at me when I came there when it was time for me to perform. So they actually glued a broomstick mustache (laughs) and and shaved my head uh, to where I had like a crown of hair rather than a full head of hair. I don't know why you didn't keep that that look, man. Yeah, right. It was... uh, very popular. These tell days. my wife. Tell my wife that. She's yeah. horrified. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. All right, so we're gonna take a quick break, uh, jump in for our sponsors, and then uh, we'll, we'll get back in and uh, really start digging into the security aspect behind it. So hang on, we'll be right back. Thank you, Matt. This episode is brought to you by Satellite Investigations in New York City. Satellite Investigations is New York's leading investigation firm since 2005. Now check out the newsletter archives for previous articles and publications. Matt is also available to be booked as a speaker for your association or conference events. You can visit their site at satellitepi.com. That's satellitepi.com for more details. Back to Matt with Danny Guire. And welcome back. We are sitting here with Danny Guire from Prestige Security and Consulting in Long Island. Danny is an expert in executive protection. We covered how you met uh, your your A-lister. And, um, you know, that actually has, uh, we were talking about earlier offline, that that has spiraled into working for other people too, right? So they all talk amongst one another and they said, hey, I need somebody that's good. And it has led to other contacts for you and other accounts, correct? It really has. It has evolved into other actors and professionals in that industry. Because it, like you said, it is a it is a closed circle i've learned i've learned that the people in la and the people in new york know each other and it's a very small small world and once they get to kind of like trust you and know you they spread the word like anything else advertising word of mouth right so how does the planning work going into like a a a movie shoot like so you know that you're going to be let's say up in boston for you know five or six months and um you've got this task of putting together uh, a team or or um you know, putting together a security plan. Like, walk me through that. What does that look like? Yeah, so like anything else, it all starts with money. Uh, you get a budget from the studio, and your actor, your the person who you're protecting, gets uh, what's called a perk list or perk sheet, which also has money involved. And you come up with a team, and basically it's it's just like the police department. You come up with a guy that handles all of your scheduling and handles payroll and... Uh, man hours and all those kind of things. And I'm the guy that comes up with uh, strategic uh, locations, uh, a plan, um, uh, locations of of emergency exits, relationships with the local authorities, which is extremely important. Yeah, I'm sure you Uh, got to let them know what's going on, right? Give them the heads up. 
Absolutely. And even sometimes you got to hire some of their people. Absolutely. You know, well, or you got to keep them off the set, right? No autographs, buddy. <laughs> Eat it. Autograph, autographs. They come for the food. They go to craft services. They, <laughs> they line up there. <laughs> please they know tell, what they're please doing. tell me they're donuts at craft service. <laughs> uh, only when we need more cops there. We'll, we'll line up some more donuts. The word gets out pretty good. Uh, living but, uh, the stereotype. There are, That's there, awesome. There's a lot of logistics involved and uh, you deal a lot with the locations manager who, let's say, come up we're shooting in, let's say, a museum for the day or two days. Well, I'll come up with uh, a plan, a security plan, and depending on what other talent is working that particular day on that team, I will deal with their personal uh, security guy if they bring one. If not, I assign someone to them and uh, lay out a plan. Thank goodness that's all worked out pretty good for me. But it all starts with the budget and logistics. That's yeah, really what I, it's about. I, I remember, um, we'll just name drop here because we can. I mean, I, I remember when you were shooting um, Grown Ups and uh, yeah. you know, now taking that, I got to take care of one person to, I got to take care of, you know, five or six, you know, quote unquote, A-list, uh, you know, talents here and, and make sure they're all accounted for. Like, I, I remember how crazy that was for you um, and, and, um, and, you know, making sure everything was, was done properly. Yeah, it really can be challenging because you're dealing with a, a lot of very, very famous people who who really don't see themselves as, as famous as they really are. So they'll take the liberties of walking around, uh, let's say, the town or the streets of Boston and uh, not really realize the security concerns that I have with, with that happening, you know, and and uh, that happened more times than I, than I cared for, <laughs> you know, going to restaurants and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, you, but, um, you got Kevin running around with his Mets jersey on, right, right down through Fenway. You know, laughing about Bill that, Bill Buckner, and that could be a problem, right? That brings up a great point, Matt, because typically when you see somebody doing ET work, executive section work, you'll see them in suits and ties and and such. Uh, when you're dealing with guys like that, you will stick out like a soft thumb. Right. You, know, you have to dress to your client's uh, dress, if you if you will. You know. If these guys are wearing sweats and jeans and, and t-shirts, like you said, or jerseys, well, you know what? You have to wear sweats and jeans and some sort of attire that will match what they are. Yeah, you know, come like, on, admit it, man. You've worn Jets gear in the past. You're a huge Giants fan, and he's made you yeah. wear the green, right? Never happened. Never <laughs> happened. There's got to be a picture floating around somewhere. I know it. Well, you can search the internet and you might come up with something, but uh, I don't know. Dude, don't Photoshop, know. be careful. <laughs> be careful. We'll make something. <laughs> yeah, it's fun stuff. But yeah, you know, other challenges with dealing with uh, so many personalities. You know, sometimes, you know, everybody has their crew. Everyone has their own set of crew. And oftentimes, you know, let's say there's something called a call sheet. And a call sheet determines uh, when and what time you are to be on your on your on your post, so to speak, to act. And if you're the if you're on the call sheet as number one, which you know obviously would be the highest uh, paid person or the hot, biggest star, you're typically called to the set last. You want everybody on set and ready to go when you get there. Right. So you know these are little things that if your actor is number three, you don't want to get him there uh, last because now the guy who was number one. Uh, can take that to heart these are just little things that people have no idea that goes on i'm sure like when you're dealing on a, on a set with five you know a-list celebrities that that was very difficult 
they all like one another, apparently, or allegedly. Yeah, yeah, they, they do. They're, they're a special group, and their success is definitely uh, because of it, for sure. Right. Doing movie sets and doing the, the investigations, like sometimes you get tips that, that there's a problem person, right? You'll get the heads up that there, there could be an, uh, a problem with uh, an, an individual. And these days, you know, we're able to find that, whether it's social media monitoring or, you know, doing open source um, uh, monitoring, looking for issues or, or chatter that's out there uh, on a particular celebrity or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, we, we've come across, I know there was a project you and I worked on a long time ago where there was a, a an issue with a particular person. Uh, you were getting ready to, to shoot a movie and this person had made some, uh, really inflammatory remarks about one of the, uh, one of the, the stars of the film. And, uh, we needed to get a photo of this particular person. Uh, so your, your staff had it uh, with them saying, you know, if this person showed up on, on set that they needed to act on it immediately. Yes. I remember. So, yep. Yeah. So we worked together on that and I, I was hired to actually go, uh, do surveillance, which I typically don't do surveillances. I usually farm that work out, but because of what was being asked and I really wanted to make sure it was done right. I'm like, all right, I'll bite the bullet and sit in my car there. And it ended up being, I was like two days in and we still had nothing on this person. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah. Oh God, like I'm trying to run my business and I, I can't, you know, can't get it done because uh, and I'm sitting here in my car and uh, we were able to pretext and find out that the person we were looking for, the reason they weren't home, they were in an, a mental institution. Yeah. <laughs> Rightfully so, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember so it. They had gotten locked up uh, for some uh, evaluation, right? And yep, uh, yep. sure enough, we had to wait a couple of weeks for uh, for this person to get out of wherever they were and, and back um, back home. And uh, once we got the word that they were back home, the next day I got out, a person went out to go check their mail or bring the garbage pail in and, and boom, the job was done. So yeah that, yeah, that was interesting. You know, it's like, I'm sorry, they're not here. They're institutionalized, you know, try again. Yeah. And you know, the things that you've helped me with along the line is, you know, like anything else when you're dealing with uh, celebrities, uh, intel, intelligence is very important. So a lot of monitoring of, of uh, the internet and chat rooms and social media in general is extremely important. Right. And you've taught me on many levels how to monitor that. And yeah. uh, that's how we get the information. And when I'm on a movie set, I have uh, all the guys give me weekly, or if it's an emergency, that moment, you know, what they're hearing, what they're seeing, chatter, and then I will decide whether to move forward with it or not. There, there's some really nice tools out there to that, that really um, they compartmentalize like all those searches. It's like almost like a one-stop shop where you can really absolutely. Uh, and you've helped out. you've helped me out so much with that. You yeah. really have. Yeah. Well, here we try. Other challenges uh, on that type of work, and I know we've had several phone calls where we're like, "Hey, uh, X Y Z, you know, wants to do this and wants to monitor this." I'm like, "No problem. Let me get you a quote." Yeah. You know? So I go and I put together a quote and I do it and and. XYZ celebrity says, sounds great. Studio will pay for it. And studio yeah. says, we ain't paying for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it dies a miserable death because they can't decide on who wants to pay the retainer to get this stuff done. And that's happened more than once. Yes, it has. And it's amazing because everybody would think that the money is endless and, and it isn't an object, especially when it comes to your personal safety. But, right. uh, it, you know, it, it, it's also one of those things that if that never happened to you, you, you don't worry about it until after it happened. When in the That's, world of security, you're all about preventing, right? Yeah, right. Where it, unfortunately, it, it sometimes ends up being reactive instead of proactive. And that's one of the biggest challenges. You can speak to anybody that does EP work that that's probably challenge number, number one. You know, trying to convince your client to be proactive instead of being reactive. Yeah, and I, I remember particularly with this client we're talking about, you had laid out, you had given me printouts and, and information on how good this product would work. I, I laid it out for them and uh, 
wow, this is great. I love it. This is perfect. Blah, 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 blah. And like you said, it died in the budget room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think we got a little wise to it because we were like, okay, going forward, let's not talk to the, to the, um, to the talent. Let's talk to their management. Right. Yeah. And, and when they're yes. negotiating the contract and their, their riders for them to be a part of that particular project, like work it into the budget. So we have, now we have some money to, to go and do this. So anybody that does EP work, if you have that type of connection, if you're in the entertainment industry, taking that, that route to try and get it negotiated into the actual contract of, of the talent being a part of the project is a good way to make sure that you, you're able to do what you need to do. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And the, and these things can, you know, these things can be remedied very quickly with very little money. Or in one case, I had an actor who we found out that, uh, up in Toronto, a person who mental issues for sure had a tattoo, uh, put on their arm saying, I want to kill in the name of the person. Wow. That's pretty, and, uh, uh, that's pretty obvious right there. <laughs> yeah. That's right to the point, right? right he right. really means it. If it's, if it's on there. The guy's and, like, no, uh, I didn't want two L's. I wanted two S's, right? I wanted to kiss, <laughs> not kill. <laughs> exactly. Tattoo artist, exactly. He, he did me wrong. Right? <laughs> so something like that costs a lot of money because now we're, we're dealing with another country and a lot of contacts and, you know, tracking down uh, tattoo parlors and, you know, they have some sort of uh, bond or code where they don't want to talk about their clients either. But right, uh, yeah, that was an expensive one to find. We found that person. Of we course you did. Person. Yeah, of course you did. You probably had a yeah. good investigator working with you. I don't know. Maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny. Yeah. So before we move on from the movie sets, I just I wanted to to cover one more. Um, story i guess where we kind of work together because i think it's kind of funny on a completely unrelated matter i had uh, scheduled an appointment to meet with somebody who was former law enforcement um, and take a statement from them on a uh, on an accident that they worked on so they were like uh, the responding detective from this accident that had happened like 10 years earlier and my client personal injury client wanted to lock down this retired detective's statement right so i i contacted him and he's like yeah no problem out in brooklyn come meet with me right so I went to go meet with him to get the statement and I, I realized, uh, you know, when I got there that he was actually, you know, in front of a, a production studio, like there were signs all over the place that movie was being filmed and, and whatnot. And I, I just happened to know that, uh, you were working on a project that was within that area. And, uh, I remember when I met with a guy, he was talking a bit too much, you know, he was telling me a little bit too much information. Now, I don't know if it's just, you know, bragging one investigator to another or whatever, but you know, mm -hmm. When, when sometimes when people go off on it like that, you just keep your mouth shut and you you either let them say what they need to say or you jump in and say like I gotta go I don't I don't want to know anything about this but exactly. because of yep. what was going on I was a little bit interested right so yep. uh, and I, and I had known because we had had a discussion you and I earlier that there was some sort of issue where um, you were trying to find this person like they were causing a lot of security issues and problems like they'd almost caused a few accidents trying to surveil your client uh, yeah. so there was this cat and mouse game going on back and forth. And uh, sure enough, here I am. Well, I run into this guy and he basically tells me what he's doing there. And he tells me how he's getting his information, which was great because we were able to discover the leak on the set on how the information was getting from you know one particular person on the set to the paparazzi and how this guy was paying the paparazzi off. It was uh, it was really like a web of lies. It was very, uh, very interesting. I remember, you know, when, when we got that information, because obviously, you know, I'm, I was working on the other side already. It was kind of a weird uh, conflict for me, but it was like, how are we going to handle this? And what does the talent want to do on this? So uh, I, I thought that was a very, uh, very interesting story. Uh, so guys that are out there that, that do like EP work, 
don't talk about your jobs to anybody. Yeah. Like you don't know who you never know who you're meeting with or, or what you're doing. And, so, and, and like I said earlier, this world is really a, a closed world. It's, it's, everybody knows each other. It can always come back around, whether you're in LA or New York. And in this particular case, boy, did it backfire on that guy. And, yeah. Uh, and and, and <laughs> yeah. And the, the funny thing is, is like, here are two prior law enforcement guys that are basically playing cat and mouse through the streets of Manhattan. It's so weird that, you know, they used to essentially not work together or be brothers, you know, in, in blue. And now they're trying to one up one another. So it was, uh, it was a very interesting uh, chain of events that took place. Yeah, you couldn't script it. You really couldn't script it. He was hired to deal with one side of the issue. I was hired to deal with the other side of the issue for the same client. And uh, sadly, you know, like you said, same same police department we come from. Actually, we were probably hired around the same time. Yeah. And uh, it was exactly a cat and mouse game. It was a chess match. And, and gratefully, I won. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, no, great because yeah. I remember when it went down. You're like, hey man, like this person almost caused like a major accident the day before. Major accident, yeah. Yeah, and it's um, you know, unfortunately, uh, we don't want another Princess Diana situation going on, right? That's for sure. That would have been uh, on the news with this particular client, no doubt about it, yeah. worldwide. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about some of the challenges of doing this work. I mean, obviously you've got to keep an eye open for, you know, the threat is always there, but let's talk like personally about, you know, somebody who does this type of jobs and what it entails and, and the challenges of, you know, being away from home, being away from your family. So t- tell me a little bit about them. Yeah. So being away from home, you know, you always start with your own family dynamic and, 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 and uh, being away from your, your wife and kids. That's always on your mind, you know, whenever you're traveling with these clients. So I've been away as long as, two, two and a half months at a clip. And, uh, you know, just knowing that your family's good and everything's secure is, is the first step because then you really can't do your job with a clear mind knowing that things at home, you know, are, are not settled. Uh, being on the road now, um, but even like for something like internationally, uh, there's always language issues. There's uh, philosophy issues on how uh, security that I would hire in a different country handles things as compared to how I would like it because let's face it, whenever we go somewhere, we're dealing with their rules and their regulations and you have to kind of like see it like they see it. Yeah, I um, um, I interviewed a guy, um, Mike Lacourt uh, from Conflict International, a couple weeks ago, one of my episodes, and Mike does a lot of EP work in different countries all throughout Europe, and that yeah. was one of the challenges that he has. And and basically, what he was saying is like he he has a short list of of locals, you know, for every country he goes to, he's got guys on the ground, boots on the ground that are familiar with the laws and what they can and can't do. And you know, when you're getting into Europe, the 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 um, GDPR and, and your ability to actually do like pre-investigative work on people is very limited because, you know, the access we have in the United States is much more than what they have over in Europe. And, uh, you know, it's one of the challenges. Absolutely. hundred percent. And, uh, sometimes when you're, when you're dealing with, with outside investigative agencies or other law enforcement agencies, you, you, you have to bite your tongue because you know, back in the States, we do things better and differently. And, uh, sadly, sadly, you have to, you know, you have to appease them while you're calling back home to get things done. Right, you know, right. so, Kill them with kindness, uh, right? Absolutely. But, you know, when, you, when you're on the road, you're dealing with, uh, you know, like I said, my family dynamics, but you're dealing with your clients' family dynamics. They travel with their family, and that, that really adds uh, a lot of work uh, to your job because they all want to do things during the day. Right. Let's face it, while we're shooting or whatever it is, and I have to manage that with other guys that I hire and make sure it's a good fit. 
with uh, the security that I hire from uh, the place that we're at we're locally. And uh, sometimes, you know, it works and sometimes it doesn't, but you have to match the right guy with, the, with, with your clients. And, you know, your client's kids want to go to the gym. They want to go to restaurants, uh, you know, uh, events, plays, stuff like that. Yeah, they want to spend mommy and daddy's money, you know. <laughs> Actually, in this case, it's the studio, it's studio's money because it's, it's all part of the perk package. Right, it's part of the part of the rider. That's fantastic. Yes, a hundred percent. But uh, that that's definitely a part of it. You're, you're not just dealing with your clients. Like they say, when you marry a woman, you marry their family. Right. When you're protecting your client, you're protecting their family. Their family. That's actually that's 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 pretty cool, man. That's a good way to look. Yeah. At it. I think you're a hundred percent right on that. All right, so let's uh, let's move on to um, I guess the the second thing we wanted to talk about here was the challenge or, or putting together a stationary job. So, you know, Kevin obviously, um, you know, he, he had King of Queens that ran for a long time. He did a lot of movie projects. He did his comedy tours, but then he he actually like opened a studio out in Long Island, correct? Yeah, well, a studio was opened on his behalf. Yeah, yeah, they catered to him on this. Yes. So uh, tell me what that looked like, putting that together, and how uh, how you're able to uh, make sure that place was secure. So yeah, so this particular case is a security guy's dream because it's starting from the ground up, and you're able to implement uh, everything from camera placement to door placement to security booth placement uh, as you see it. And uh, that's what I was able to do when we started uh, a television show called uh, Kevin Can Wait. And uh, when you're able to have your opinion and your ideas implemented into the construction of the actual set and uh, the, the live studio audience stands where the placement that's going to be and what's underneath it, that really, really helps your job yeah. because, you know, there's no advance work that you have to do. But like anything else, you deal, like I said before, you're dealing with budgets and, and, uh, and getting the right people, the right guys. And the right spot of the studio is important. Yeah. Even as, as part of like the security staff, I, I remember having conversations with you with regards to the actual employees, like the writers and, and, you know, the, the creative side of it and being involved in that as well. And, you know, having to be there for those meetings and making sure everything's covered, you know, it's more than just a day of the shoot thing. It's full time. You know, you got to make sure that everything is, um, you know, everything's covered and spoken for. Absolutely. And, and the writers, you know, they're the guys that make everything happen and they're there uh, oftentimes without the talent because they're preparing for the episode and you have to make sure that they feel good. They feel safe and comfortable so that they can do their thing. And, uh, when you're sitting in on meetings, I'll always ask, you know, at the end of the meeting, uh, we have quite a few of them during the week. Uh, you know, are there any concerns? Can I do anything for anyone? Is anybody have any family coming in? Who are the actors coming in for this particular episode? And then I have to do research on them to see if, you know, what their problems are or if they've had any security issues. No, actors and, never uh, have problems or security issues. Never have problems. No, <laughs> please. <laughs> like I've I never seen earlier. anything on social media about any actors having any problems. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and, and I always contact their personal security guy and I try and cater to them because they're guests of ours and we want to make sure they have everything they need. And Right, stock the green. You know, sometimes yeah. there's a little struggle, power struggle with the security guy, but uh, you know, we ultimately make things work out and, right. uh, and thank goodness never had any issues. Yeah. And I guess it, it would, it would trickle down to like guys in your team too, right? If they, they could be giving, uh, you know, one of your guys a hard time and then you got to deal with that. Uh, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent. And, and back to some of the challenges, which was your original question is, let's say if I have a staff of five to seven guys during the week and 
seven to 12 guys on Fridays when we shoot with 300 people in the audience, uh, guys get a little comfortable, you know, when they're there during the week and you're there for week in and week out, it's not it's exciting anymore. And, right. you know, complacency is a problem. Uh, and you have to find the right guys to take it seriously every day. Uh, because every day can be a, cha- a different challenge. Right. And, you know, you have to have the right guys in the right spot. You can't have a guy uh, taking care of the dressing room area that uh, doesn't present himself in a, uh, say, a more professional way than the next guy. So right, right, right. Uh, those, those, those are some challenges. Those are the times when you, when you can wear the, the jacket and the, the tie and all that. It's, it's permissible. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, yep. So how do you source these guys? Where do you, where do you find them? You know what, Matt, just like you, how you and I met, like prestige security and consulting is a one man. I'm a one man show. Uh, I'm more of a network guy. You're like the wizard smoking uh, mirrors, man. The wizard of Oz. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but, but you know, you don't burn bridges, you create relationships and I could be as big as I want, or I could be as small as I want. Uh, I, I sub out, uh, certain security companies that, that are strong in one aspect of security. Uh, and then I have a crew of guys. I have a, I have a bench, so to speak, of ten to twelve guys that are really great EP guys and with lots of experience. And ironically, they're all NYPD guys, just like yeah. just like me. Yeah, you get to the point in your career where you, you want to start doing less less of the legwork, more of the management, mm-hmm. and you know, like you don't want to run around the world anymore. Um, but it it'd be nice to have somebody who could run around the world for you and. Uh, you know, you're still running your thing. So that's that's always a challenge to try and roll that into that as well. 100%. And, and when we did movies up in Boston, I would think we did probably four or five of them up there. I literally have a crew, a set crew of guys that I go to every time. Like I said earlier, one guy handles the administration part of it. Right. And it just it just rolls. And you have the right people in place. And I don't have to do as much, but to your point. you know, I just want to watch it. It's always uh, it's always better to have uh, have your team out there busting their butt and you just uh, you like the puppet master got your uh, got your strings out and, and uh, yeah and take you know it, that's what it's all about yeah it's uh, orchestrating the orchestra right right there you go before we wrap things up I, you know I also wanted to talk about um, you know what happens when the talent you're working for decides to t- to take a break uh, and what's the reality of that you know like what is that look? yeah yeah so it's a great question so you, you learn as you go on that one um, if your client uh, decides to take a break for an extended period of time you know you have to start to uh, diversify yourself and look at other things uh, that you can do uh, fortunately uh, for someone like me I have uh, many different things that I do I do a lot of consulting I do a lot of uh, executive driving right uh, which is all, in Manhattan there's a lot of that um, and I do, uh, like I said, as far as the consulting part of it, the accident investigation part of my career has come in handy, right. uh, to, to keep myself busy, uh, while I'm not with my client. And, uh, okay. it can be challenging yeah, sure. because you're used to doing a certain amount yep. and, uh, and that disappears <laughs> and then you, uh, you, you go out there and you make it happen. Yeah. I mean, it's like you always, uh, you know, it, it, it's same thing with investigative work. You know, it's like, we don't know where our next job is coming from, but, but we know that, you know, if we have good clients, the job will be there. And if you have enough good clients, then you'll be, you know, have a steady uh, line of work and everything should work out. You never just yeah. sit back and be comfortable. It always amazed me like guys that do this type of stuff. They're like, Oh yeah, I just have one client I work with. 
I'm like, yeah. How, do you, yeah. how long have you been doing this for <laughs> with just one client? Like what happens if they uh, go to jail for tax evasion? <laughs> like, what are you going to do? You know? Um, exactly. You know, as well as I do, how many clients you've passed my way where I could do some work for them for sure. a day or two. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's all, all about the networking and, yeah, that's, that's definitely good what, to have what it comes down to. And if, when all else fails, people don't know this, but Danny is actually a chef as well. Very, very prestigious <laughs> uh, culinary school, so you can always I, uh, short order cook if you have to, pal. I, I well, I think a long, maybe long order. Maybe I think a long I'm order. Yeah, <laughs> little skills, a little skill. Yes, yes. I did go to culinary school, and uh, I graduated from culinary school, and shortly thereafter, I was in the police academy. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, man. So you have quite a quite a story of uh, travels that you've done in your time. So, uh, all right, I think we're going to wind down here. I really appreciate you coming on. You know, like, you know, like I said, we've been friends for uh, for uh, fifteen years, I guess. Apparently, uh, yeah. I'm still waiting yeah. for that gift in the mail. It's there. It's coming. For sure. <laughs> it's coming tomorrow. Tomorrow's <laughs> going to be the day. <laughs> It is. And that's the thing, folks, like, you know, finding these relationships. And, you know, I didn't know Danny from anybody until a friend of mine introduced us. And um, just by doing the right thing and being being fair with him in, in business, um, you know, we've helped each other out along the way. And just understanding what that looks like, what that dynamic looks like and how to network is, is really important because you never know. You never know who, who knows who and, and what's going to happen and, and where your next uh, big opportunity is going to come from. So Danny, thank you so much. Why don't you tell folks how they can get a hold of you? My pleasure. First of all, congratulations on this podcast. I've listened to about six or seven of the eight or nine that you've done and very impressive and I'm very happy for you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure, pleasure being here. Yeah, you can contact me at Prestige Security and Consulting.com com wants to shoot me an email or uh, if you want to call me you can call me at 516-523-3737 always willing to talk help guys out whatever you need that's uh, great that's great i appreciate my it. pleasure yep thank you for your time and uh thanks everybody for tuning in we'll talk to you guys real soon have a good day wow that must have been amazing hanging out with the cast of grown-ups back in boston a fun crew of friends indeed Hey, a special thanks to Danny for checking in and giving us a peek into what it's like to protect A-list celebrities and their families. You can learn more at PrestigeSecurityAndConsulting.com. We'll leave a link in the description of this episode. Please be sure to rate us five stars at Apple Podcasts, leave a comment or review, and share this episode with a friend. Tune in next time as Matt sits down with industry legend John A. Hoda, the PI coach and podcast host of My Favorite Detective Stories. On behalf of Matt Spare, thanks for downloading and subscribing to PI Perspectives.